Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined, as always, by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon, Deutsch, Jake, Dicker. How are we doing? Well, it wasn't a gentleman sweep, but I'm doing great. Go right. Abs! Congratulations to the Avalanche, <laughs> Mr. Crocky. That's right, two well. champions, two, two championship championships. teams. I mean, how amazing is that that you get to hoist not only a Super Bowl, but you get to hoist a Stanley Cup? That's amazing, um, Mr. Lord Stanley. So yeah, I, I'm I'm psyched for that prediction. I'm I'm good for them. They've deserved it, to be honest with you, for the like the last like four or five years. Like they have been in contention yeah. for so long, and you know all those guys that have been part of that team for over a decade and they finally win a cup so yeah. congratulations to them i'm excited to see what happens in the next couple of days um before free agency it's yeah, gonna yeah. be interesting especially with Kyrie. i know bradley beal has made his decision and he's probably he's gonna sign the supermax with with washington but there's still a ton of uh pieces to be moved yeah you know just want to echo Jihei. Shout out to the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. Uh, finally getting it done. Um, but yeah, no, now it's now it's baseball season. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's all baseball. So yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, exactly. We uh, kind of wrapped up hockey, wrapped up college sports. But uh, yeah, let's let's get to it now with uh, today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Another day, another Kyrie Irving <laughs> report. This one is from The Athletic, which says there are sources very close to the situation who strongly believe Kyrie Irving is trying to make his way to the Lakers here, and everything else is just pretty much necessarily noise. LeBron James, by the way, is training in New York City with Kevin Love and has reportedly spoken with Kyrie Irving about a reunion. The deadline for Irving's player option for next season, which is worth $36.9 million, is on Wednesday. How does this play out, guys? Listen, with the player empowerment movement, it does seem like if a player wants to leave and if a player has a place in mind that he wants to play, that he wants to go to, it will happen. And so how this all plays out, I'm not quite sure. I do think Kyrie ends up with the Lakers, whether it's a three-team trade. I don't see the scenario, and this will play out on Wednesday if it does happen, whether he will take the mid-level exemption and basically take a $30 million pay cut. That being said, if there is one player who could potentially do that, I think it would be Kyrie. But guys, I, I really think that where there's smoke, there's 
fire. There's a ton of smoke. You can see the flames. He wants to leave Brooklyn and he wants to come to the Lakers. Yeah, what did I tell you guys last week? No one in media understands salary cap information, really. I mean, they're like, oh, he's going to take a pay cut in $6 million. They're putting out all this propaganda that's not true. I told you it was going to be a sign-in trade. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's not going to take a pay cut to $6 million. He still likes his Sage. He's going to want $38 million of Sage, you know, going around. He's not going to want $6 million. Um, he's also high but maintenance. Brandon, the pay cut is is how he controls. Like, if you truly want to join yeah. the Lakers, he can do that. Now, the sign and trade, which I agree with you, is the most likely scenario. Yeah. He needs to find a way to make this happen. And to your point, do the Nets really want to help Rob Palenka? Do they want to help the Lakers? They're going to have to. Well, because you got to get a third team involved here, Yes, I think. yes, and that's exactly and that's what... That's not simple, right? I mean, no, it's, it's, not, a, it's yeah. not simple. And, and Brooklyn has never wanted Westbrook. They're not going to get Westbrook. This is going to be a third-team deal, whether it's OKC, who wants to you know, cut salary long-term. They could get Westbrook, give a couple picks... Or no, they would. I mean, get a couple picks maybe, yeah. and you know, we'll see what How happens. How much do the Lakers have to give up in this three-team deal? I don't think it's as much as people think. Two firsts? No, 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 not even close. One first. You THT. Gotta, you got to sweeten the pot, though. You got to sweeten the no, pot. No, no, they're not going to have to give up two firsts. Rob is not a moron. He's not going to give up two firsts for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. No one would. THT is going to go to Brooklyn. Terry Rozier is probably going to go to Brooklyn if it's Charlotte that gets Westbrook, and a first-round pick goes to Brooklyn for 2026. And people are like, oh yeah, they don't. Have any first round picks till 27 and 29 they they do they're just swaps so yeah. the pelicans can choose like where they are so they do have a first round pick i believe next as soon as next season mm-hmm. it's just a swap you know what i'm saying so it'll be like 28 to 30 if the pelicans are good or if the lakers are good yeah. you know the pelicans will swap you know it'll have the lake the the pelicans pick and mm-hmm. it'll it'll stay like that but Look, we, it came out today that the Nets are going to look for sign-and-trade options. No one wants to trade for Kyrie Irving except the Lakers. This has been reported. They're going to have to deal with this. And this is something that's been yeah. going on for weeks. I mean, at the draft combine, Marks mm. and Rob Polinka, Sean Marks and Rob Polinka, were talking about this. Yeah. This was reported. And the other thing about it is that, um, you know, listen... Kyrie has a wish list. No other team on that list wants to get into the business of Kyrie except for the Lakers. Forget about the Clippers. Forget about the Heat. Forget about all those teams. Again, to the report today... You could. There's a lot of other teams out there. It's just the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think when this started, I was very skeptical about how this was going to shape up, but I feel like as the days go on, this gets more and more messy for the teams that are involved, and I feel like something's going to have to change, because at this point, I feel like Kyrie playing for Brooklyn is kind of null and void. I feel like that relationship has been, that bridge has been burned a little bit, Um, and it just seems like the Lakers are the most... I don't want to say the team that's most desperate to, whether it's desperate to get off the Westbrook contract or. It's or not a bad word, though. I mean, I really um, think that they're kind of in that like. I think there's a point where they need to do exactly. something, and this, and I think both of those these teams are kind of in the same boat. Where like with the Nets, I don't think that they can continue with Kyrie, and with the Lakers, I don't know if they can continue right. with Westbrook. Right. So I feel like I don't know if it's just a, a, an issue of they both need to shake things up, and they think this may be the best way to do it. Um, but yeah, I think a third team getting a third team's gonna have to get involved. Whether yeah. it's Oklahoma City, whether it's Charlotte, I think it'll be Charlotte because they're gonna they're gonna want to offload Hayward's contract too. If there's some way they can get Hayward and Rozier to Brooklyn, or maybe a, I don't think Hayward could join the Lakers because the salary cap would they would be well over it. And but we don't talk about this enough. If Russell Westbrook is on a different team, can he not? And again, he's no longer one of the top ten players in the league. But like, can he not be a good player? I mean, it didn't work in Los Angeles. I get it, but just a year ago everyone was so excited yeah. about okay and then they, they again they, they empty they stats man yeah 
Empty yeah, stats. I, I it was, won't be efficient. Okay. I was just going to say, I'm like, individually, yeah, sure, he's a great player. He's but not going to help you win. No, he's not going to help you win a title. But if you're Charlotte, I mean, I think, again, to your point, They're you not can sell win tickets and jerseys yeah. and whatnot. And, I mean, I, I'd again, be surprised. He's in a contract year. He's in a contract year. So, like, I mean, if you're Charlotte, I think he can... Again, I mean, I've never seen a guy put up a triple double and it's just like, what the heck did it mean? It didn't mean anything. And that, and I didn't get it until he was on the Lakers and you're watching him put up good numbers. But with like 40% field goal percentage. I think, I think OKC could be pretty cool if Russ ends up back there. I agree. I think right? it's the yeah. only yeah. place in That's the league. That's a great point. I think it's the only place in the league where he'd be welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would kind of allow him to press the reset button, get his feet back under him. I think he'd be really good for play them. Play yeah. stress-free in a, in a yeah. contract year. That's a great point. And they that, have the contact. They have the contract, or not contract. They have the salary cap. They have yeah. the space to yeah. take on that contract. And it is the one place that he would go where it wouldn't be like, oh my god, we got Russell right. Westbrook. I mean, right. I think they would, they would be happy. Fifth team in five years. I mean, does, does this affect? It? I know we weren't talking about this, but like, he was one of the top seventy-five players of all time. I think he, I mean, and he with, deserves to be. So, but yeah. but, but, I mean, but being on his fifth team in five years, and I don't think he's done. I don't think like he's about to like retire. I think it's like, about fit, right? Like yeah. if he goes to to um, OKC, he should be able to put up 25, 8, and 8 like nobody's business. And that would honestly help the development of their young guys. They don't want to put a lot of pressure other than SGA. They don't want to put a lot of pressure on Holmgren to be a a scorer right away or, you know, Giddy to do much with the offense. I mean, it can all work. I think Westbrook on OKC helps the development of the other players. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Also, this report from Woj just yeah. now, outside of the Lakers, no currently known teams planning pursuit of sign and trade for Nets, Kyrie Irving, just the Lakers. So to your point, Jake, if they are d- desperate, Lakers are d- desperate, I think the Nets might be as well. And so they may, th- listen, this is not a trade we're going to see this week or, or or soon, but I do think that there's going to come a point in time if you're the Nets, there's no worse Kyrie than a Kyrie that does not want to play for your team. And I think he's at that point point with Brooklyn where he doesn't want to continue yeah. there and like you do not want to go down that road you do Definitely. not want to go and down I also that think road. there's there's smoke and mirrors about Kevin Durant leaving I think Kevin Durant will stay honestly I think he'll stay this season but At I, least, I, I, yeah. I do think he's he's now wondering what have I done you know this is going to be a hot take but the team has a higher ceiling if they get Rozier and Hayward and have Ben Simmons and a couple and like THT yeah. then they're Wait, better Hayward? They have a higher ceiling with Hayward. I don't know. No, 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 not. I'm saying like if Hayward goes there with Rozier, they have a higher ceiling because of the defense that THT would bring a future first round pick, Ben Simmons versus Kyrie, who doesn't play defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, for that system, I feel like they would have a higher ceiling. Um, The end of this Woj tweet in the last sentence says Brooklyn isn't believed to have any interest in available Lakers packages. So there's going to be a third team involved. There has to be a third team involved. Or, you know, Woj is very big on the $6 million. Exception, so he tweeted about He's that not going to sign for six million. No, I don't million. think he is either, but, but I think can I just say he is the one guy? I mean, he literally punted on $17 million just to have a, prove a point, or yeah. God knows what the point is. It was. also just depends how bad this situation really is. Yeah. He is so desperate. I just keep using the word desperate, but if he's so desperate to get out of there, I he mean, might he can't. Yeah, the, I guess the, it's, the, it, look, the option is there if he really wants it's to get possible, out of there. It's possible, but I think Kyrie usually gets what he wants, and I think he's going to get that player option sign and trade. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I think you're, you're but also it comes optimistic. to a point do you not think like if Kyrie says and if Kyrie were to tell me this he'd be the one player that I would believe who's like I don't care about the money absolutely so 
you either work on a sign and trade, or I'm going to sign for or six I'm million. Sign for six I, million. I, I think that's exactly what Kyrie is going to tell the Cats, Nets this week, and that's why they're going to punt and have to accept a deal they really yep. don't want to accept. Interesting. Well, moving on. First, the NBA season came to a close, and now the NHL season and college sports season. Um, are done after the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last night for the third time in franchise history and first in more than two decades by beating the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 to one in Game 6 of the final Sunday night. Um, and Ole Miss, uh, they won their first national baseball title sweeping Oklahoma in the Men's College World Series Finals with a 4-2 victory on Sunday night as well. What did you think of both finals, guys? And what are you going to do with yourselves over the next few months with no NBA, no NFL, no NHL, or college sports? Yeah, so, I mean, again, to Jake's point, all baseball, all the time. I watched a little bit of the College World Series. Uh, My parents, uh, you know, are Sooners. I was pulling for the Sooners. Did did not happen. I got to be be, uh, truthful then in terms of I didn't really watch that that closely, but really happy for Colorado. Best postseason run since our Kings, G.A. Um, you know, in 2012, where they just kind of steamrolled the entire competition. So happy for Colorado. But again, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, like unless it's Kyrie reports and like offseason stuff in terms of games, we are going into the dog days of summer again. No NFL, no NBA, no NHL, no college sports. So uh, but yeah, thank you, Kyrie, for at least. You know, we have something to talk about. Yeah, August can't get here soon enough, yeah. man, because that's when football season's gonna start. So, like, I'm almost one month and a half. I love, I love baseball season. I think baseball is one of the most underrated sports, just with its excitement too. I know a lot yeah. of people; it's more of like acquired taste. It's like wine for a lot of people. That's right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's kind of boring, but it's kind of a high class sport, and you kind of get into it the older you are, and the less like. Well, I think you know. that, that with this generation right now, and I think just with America in general, and they're impatient. Get a lot, they're exactly. impatient. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's like an "I want it now" kind of culture um, and kind of mentality, and so that's why baseball yeah. just doesn't do it for a majority yeah. of America. Hundred percent. But you know, yeah. but to your point, it, it it can be extremely exciting, especially yeah. when you go live. Oh when man, you see it's a baseball great. Game yeah. live, it's the best. It's like going to see a hockey game. Like you yeah. get to see everything up close and personal. Yeah, you get to see like all the transitions and what happens in baseball. So seeing it live amazing i i also having it in the background exactly is just i also think rob manfred isn't doing a good job yes. promoting oh, the game so like that's you guys why are it could be like way more fans, popular fans, by the way. you don't want to open <laughs> yeah. you don't want to open the, the manfred can of work i know but he's doing such a bad job like he could expand the game so much more right now and think about it everyone says oh the nfl is king which is true but the mlb world series and the nba finals get almost identical that was views. an amazing stat yeah I, that blew my mind i had no idea because about people that, yeah. like the older fans don't like the NBA a lot of times right now. The College World Series did an amazing job I've, too. In terms I followed of, yeah. the College World yeah. Series very, very closely. It was a great product of baseball. I mean, Ole Miss was one of the last four teams into the field of 64 and went on an incredible run. Oklahoma was the hottest team in the entire field going into this, you know, three-game final. Um, kind of beat themselves at the end, but I mean, baseball. Baseball is my summer. Like okay. every year, it's just baseball all the time since i was little i was playing now it's just watching covering um but i i'm very excited for the next couple months i am also i mean i 
I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of the NBA. I've, the NBA's product over yeah. the last couple of years has kind of not my not been my thing. So I'm very excited for the NFL to come back. Um, but I'm not. Well, I'm not at a loss with with just baseball. Even though I agree with most um, all, most of the political stances with the NBA, it kind of ostracized a full part of the country too. So that's why it's losing viewership. A lot of the conservatives that aren't with the politics of the NBA, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. They don't want to watch it. Yeah, that's kind of why the, the NFL is still king, right? Well, th- that and also I think NFL numbers they didn't drop a lot, but like they well they dropped, don't take a stance politically. N- yeah, but, I mean there are some guys that have like stepped up to the plate. Yeah, of course. But Goodell is never going to say like all the stuff Silver said. And I commend Silver for that because I agree with Silver. But most fans will be like, oh, like, nah, I'm not with that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like shut up and play kind of. Kind yeah, of like those are the older fans, the ones that, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I think they watch baseball and football. Because I mean, Manfred, Manfred's been adamant about not speaking about fans. Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Like, you, you know, the fans that are upset with that stuff. But then, like, I mean, my issues with the NBA have nothing to do with any of that. It's yeah. all yeah. the fact that there's 25, 30 point blowouts in every other yeah. game. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Silver is like denying an expansion, too. I think it would be amazing for the I NBA to expand. I think they cities. will expand, but I think he wants to play it slow. And But I, I think. The, the they're building what a two billion dollar facility in Las Vegas. Tim Lightwicky is behind it. They're not doing that for concerts. They yeah. will get yeah. a team. It's just a matter of when. I really yeah, think Seattle, Seattle and, Vegas, and Vegas, right? Yeah. Like that. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Sure. But this whole notion that that you know, there's not as much talent, like that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So many guys in, in the, the G League. league I think that there can might play. be more talent in the league exactly. now than ever in the G League, dude. There's great players in the G Jordan League. Jordan Poole. <laughs> well, speaking of baseball, the summer of baseball, the Angels and the Seattle Mariners engaged in a health and a lengthy full team brawl in the second <laughs> inning on Sunday after tensions over two days of inside pitches boiled over. Mariners manager Scott uh, Surveys, Angels manager Phil Nevin, and six players were ejected after the brawl, which stopped and started twice before Angels closer <laughs> um, Iglesias came back out to the empty field to throw large containers of sunflower <laughs> seeds and gum on onto the infield. What do you guys think of the brawl, and do you think it could possibly spark the Angels after they went on to win on Sunday? Great 2-1? brawl. One of the all-time best brawls because you thought it was over, then it continued, then you thought it was over, and then it continued, and then you had, like, because of all the cameras, you had, like, a Shohei cam, you had a Mike Trout cam, you got to see what those guys were doing. I, listen, I mean, you know, when, when you're going through a, a long season and those fans uh, have been through a lot, that was a fun brawl. But the team won 2-1. So my question to you, Brandon, could this spark your team? No. I mean, the team is not making the play. This is a this is a joke of a team. This is a top 10 roster, and, and they should compete. They should have almost 50 wins by now with the team that they've orchestrated, the talent that they have, and it's just embarrassing to baseball that they have two the two best players in the MLB. They can't market them. They can't win. It seems like when their hitting is on, their pitching sucks, and when their pitching's on, they can't hit. And that's just, they're just not a lucky team. They shouldn't have fired Joe Madden, especially after he got the Mohawk. It was a bad decision. And Phil Nevin doesn't know what the heck he's doing. So, look, I, I have to commend Rendon for this, though. That's the only hit he got all year. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, why boom. is he running out um, there with, like, throwing punches with a cast That's respect, though. That's respect. I heard a... Yeah, I heard a stay healthy. Man. I heard a rumor like that. I heard a, a, a guy on Twitter say, Bryce Harper wouldn't do that with his thumb. Rendon's a great mm. teammate. I'm like, I don't know about that. But, um, you know, I, these are two teams that suck. They just want... 
attention. Neither of these teams are going to be in the postseason, especially with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are like the sixth team in the in the playoff race right now in the AL, right? They're seven games ahead of the Angels. Yeah. So, like, the Angels are going nowhere. This is a sad thing. Shohei is going to leave. Trout's probably going to leave eventually. This is just a sad situation. There's no saving this team. I mean, I had a few issues with what happened yesterday. I mean, my first being that they the Angels scratched their starter, Jose Suarez, and started an opener for the sole purpose of, of throwing at guys and yeah. getting ejected, which I don't love. Um, I also don't love that he threw at Julio Rodriguez in the first inning and missed and then came back and threw at Jesse Winker again. I think if you're going to take your shot, you take your shot. If you miss, that's on you. Um, but, I mean, that was the one of the best brawls that we've seen in, in baseball in a long time. Like, that was a real yeah. brawl. Like, I think the last one was probably the, the uh, Astros A's mm-hmm. with Ramon Laureano during the COVID season, which the MLB was all up in arms about because they were trying to keep guys away from each other. Um, but the, the Angels are a lost cause at this point, which is crazy because two and a half weeks ago we were talking about That's them being But think the about the record over the past, like, 30 games. They have, like, six wins and 25 losses. They have a worse record than the Baltimore Orioles. Worse than the Reds do, to start the season. What do they have to do? You you just touched There's on There's nothing it. they can do. This is an organization that will lose either way. They have the worst luck in the league. But they have the players right? Or, or, yes. So, but then, so what is it at this point? Is it the manager that lack has to culture, Lack of culture. Lack of culture. Lack of the farm system needs to get better. I mean, yeah. it needs, it's like an organizational thing. I, yeah. I feel like this is a Sex in the City kind of like comparison. Oh, 100%. Right? Like great, great on paper, bad in Bad on the sack, field or bad, bad in the sack. Yeah, bad in the sack. So, like, I mean, th- this is something, like, maybe these guys just need to get to th- Maybe this was the spark. You don't think this was the spark at all to get them back into this and maybe get them to be a crew and get them to be a team and a family. They're in this together. Maybe they yeah. got to sacrifice something. <laughs> maybe light a couple bats on fire. Yeah. And also, why is Joe Adele going? in the minors? The guy had four doubles. They have bums like Laguerre. I mean, they're better than me. They're in the MLB. <laughs> but bums at the MLB level, like playing instead of Adele, makes no yeah. sense. They're top prospect. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend David Bloom. Talk about the Angels, talk about the Clippers, and a few more things when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circasports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clam with the underground when we come around. 
Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Okay, let's go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back visit circusports.com for details and here he is our good friend david bloom david how are you doing great how about yourself doing great uh david i was thinking of you on sunday a bases clearing benches clearing dugout clearing brawl with the los angeles angels (laughs) do you listen they won the game we were just talking about it it was maybe the one game that they shouldn't have won that that they did win could this spark them a and b what did you think that was the all-time classic uh, brawl between these two teams oh well it was it was as intricate as a renaissance painting (laughs) every little detail so hard to find with the camera i mean there are shots of of mike trout going in and finding his buddy justin upton and pulling him out guys jp crawford jumping on top of guys and it was an unbelievable sight it is a culmination of the frustration of two teams that are having mediocre seasons that are trying to replicate for the mariners sake a little magic they had last year the angels a little magic they had at the beginning of this season and what it shows from the Angels side and what the players have said is they still believe they have something to fight for and right now maybe that's to protect their teammates maybe that's against the division rival but they still believe that they have the pieces and the competitive attitude to make the postseason. And now we're kind of just waiting for it to translate to more than just throwing sunflower seeds onto the field, which is, it's a, it's hard to really talk about this in the concept of sports because this is one of the few situations where it's shown and it's a part of the game. You know, if you have somebody run on the field, the camera's cut away, we don't talk about it. But when the guys fight in baseball when the when the bullpens come in and the bench is clear you got the announcers on it you've got the social media groups on it everybody's talking and you get a situation where a te- two teams that already have so much animosity towards one another the angels go with andrew went who they've done this before throwing an opener before the starter but the first time they'd really done it all season Seemed out of nowhere. He wasn't really announced. Throws behind Rodriguez, the second batter of the game, and then hits Jesse Winker right in the hip, right in the in the in the other side of the batter's box. So you got the Mariners looking like, "Hey, did you put this guy in to throw at us?" After Mike Trout had that ball whizz by his head, and later in the game, another ball went by Trout's head. So it's it, there's. A ton of animosity. This is the second time, the second series these teams have had. It's going to get pretty bad this season, especially if these teams don't pick it up because all that frustration of the season, all that frustration of losing these one-run ball games comes right there in that fight. Yeah. Um, David, I wanted to ask you about this whole Kyrie situation. If Kyrie is somehow traded to the Lakers, a lot of people are thinking it's leaning toward that and a third team will get involved. 
the I personally think the Clippers would still have a better roster. I know the Lakers would have three top ten players if healthy, but there's still a lot of questions the rest of the roster. The Clippers would be a more complete team. I know you're a Clippers fan. How excited are you for this season? And if you guys are healthy, do you still think you're the favorite in the West over the Warriors, over the Lakers, if they get Kyrie, over the Nuggets, a full healthy Nuggets? What are your thoughts there? You know, it's a tough, it's a tough hype because there's always something that happens, right? There's been a lot of seasons that I've been excited for as a Clipper fan, but they've just gone in a wrong direction because of injury. But you're right. If healthy, I do believe that this team has what it takes to make a deep playoff run. They have the coaching. They have the front office. They have the experienced players. And what they have that some other teams like the Warriors have, like the Celtics were able to have, like the Bucks surely have, is a deep, deep roster filled with guys that, truthfully, any of them can give you 20 in any given night. So when you have a roster like that, when you have a roster that you really feel is rounded and complete and you can add on top of it Norman Powell, Robert Covington, you know, I know there's some trade talks here and there, but you feel confident in guys that have had to start primarily most of last season now get to reside in their role with PG and Kawhi and, and Norm Powell and these guys coming back and, and able to carry the team. You have Reggie Jackson who's able to really not have to be the number one scoring option. You have Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard able to kind of come off the bench and be that extra spark. Yeah, there's a ton of confidence. And with the Lakers trying to get Kyrie, I know the reports came out today that they feel that that they're trying to create a situation uh, to get Kyrie to L.A. It it will only work if you build a foundation, right? You can't just throw a bunch of stars on a team and, and, and hope they meld. You know, we saw that with the Nets. It did not work with the same guy, with Kyrie, with Harden. It didn't work because the Nets didn't have anything under that. So if they did get injured, there's nothing to fall back on. And when they're not injured, he just wasn't deep enough. And that's the thing with the Lakers as well is, okay, cool. Kyrie's not going to walk over to your team, right? What are you going to give up to stay deep and have Kyrie? And, you know, we've still got the Westbrook situation, and I don't think the Nets are very keen on taking his contract and his whatever he brings. So it's a really tough force to get him to the Lakers, but if they're able to do it right, you know, LeBron has, he works in mysterious ways. If they're able to do it, unless they can really find depth and with putting Kyrie on that team, I don't know where they get it. It just seems like it's going to be another carousel of making Lakers fans mad, getting frustrated, and then they're begging to trade Kyrie at the end of the season. David, I'm curious about your thoughts on Freddie Freeman's reception in Atlanta. Some people felt he was overly emotional. Some people felt it was a roadblock that kind of needed to hurdle the uh, fully focus on the Dodgers in their season. What were your thoughts on uh, Freddie returning to Atlanta? Wow, I mean, that's, there's a lot of mixed emotions there because, yeah, a lot of Dodger fans have been and have expressed frustrations with this season just because it's going well but not as well as they've wanted it to, especially from the pitching standpoint, from a extra situation, just from a getting base hits with runners in scoring position. But, I mean, Freddie Freeman, if you think about it, this Atlanta, the Braves, were and still are his home for his whole career. He finally 
was able to win a championship there last year against the same Dodgers team going and beating all the odds. You know, that Brewers team was tough that they beat. That was not an easy Astros team that they had to go ahead and beat. They won the games they had to. They had a magical playoff run, and Freddie was really at the head of that. He caught the final out that was... I mean, he was at first base. He caught a lot of outs, but he caught the final out for the World Series. For I mean, he was like the next coming of Tipper Jones for them, right? He was the... You know, he was the break. He was their franchise, and they passed that mantle on to guys like Robert Acuna, but for him to come back and get that ovation from the fans, to get that welcome, shows their appreciation and shows that they're like, you know what? We traded for Matt Olson. We got our first baseman. You wanted to go play for the Dodgers. A lot of people do. We get it. But at the same time, thank you, Freddie, for everything you did for us. And that was a, it, it's classy by, by a stadium to, to celebrate a guy. I know we see it a lot. I know sometimes you see it the other way with, with some animosity, but I mean, he is so much so that franchise and that team more than certain guys are. You know, maybe you played here a couple of years or maybe, you know, you started your career here. But Freddie Freeman will go down when he does go to the Hall of Fame, which he will as a Brave. You know, maybe he'll have some Dodger moments, but he's going to have one of those careers. And when you look at him in his Dodger uniform, it'll look a little weird. Um, like, uh like a Gary Payton in the Lakers jersey situation. But he really showed he really showed that that brave team and that fan base, you know, just all his appreciation as well. And it, it it's just a nice moment to watch. It really is, because it's it's that connection. It's that human connection in sports that we all love. Yeah. But by the way, I mean, there was so much, at least on Twitter, and I know Twitter is not the best, you know, you know, <laughs> like look at how fans are feeling. But like this idea that like, oh, he's showing too much emotion. I mean, he was drafted by that franchise. He won a World Series there and he wanted to stay there. I mean, it was really the Braves didn't really try to keep him. Maybe they, they didn't want to spend to to keep him but i i just th- thought it was weird like allow him to have that moment david we haven't talked to you since the uh, draft um this was one of the most uh, like unique drafts because generally speaking you know who the top picks will be right up until the first pick was made we had no idea who the first pick would be general thoughts on the uh, draft it was a really good draft this year I was really impressed with the talent. You know, you always get a view of the guys throughout the college basketball season, and some guys are overseas, some guys in the G League. You really get a, you know, guys form an identity to the more casual college basketball viewers through March Madness. You know, we really get to see guys, maybe some, you know, we got introduced, introduced. We got really familiar with Jalen Suggs last year after that shot. You know, there are still a lot of guys that are waiting to come out. Um, but I was really impressed with the top three. I think that, yeah, they all have their differences and maybe they all won't ha- You know, I don't see anybody that's going to have like a just unbelievable start, maybe like a John Moran or like a what Zion was before the injury, you know, like a Luca or someone like that. I don't see that per se, but top three, it's hard to go wrong. Um, Everyone kind of maybe thought at the beginning of the season that maybe Chet was going to go first. You know, we before we knew the 
the draft order even after, you know, there were thoughts, but but Bancaro's stock was rising. I think he's a solid first pick. I think Chet is a solid pick. Everyone's got their worries about his weight. I think he's a solid player. And Jabari Smith, third. I think that the Rockets knew they, you know, all right, we don't get the top two picks, but whoever the top two picks are not, we will get that third guy and we'll be happy with that third guy. And it could have been Chet. It could have been Paolo. It happened to be Jabari Smith. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he's one of the best players in the draft. And then you have Jade Nivey going fifth, who I thought should have gone fourth, in my opinion. I thought he was the fourth best player in the, in, in the draft. But you have Jade Nivey going fifth to the Pistons, who are really showing that they, you know, they had their whole ceremony where they brought out Ivy's parents' jersey. He was exceptional in Purdue. He'll have a plenty of chances to go back to Indiana and play the Pacers this season, who he was very, very close to being drafted by. But the Pacers as well, they got they got Benedict Matherin, a absolute Mark Badness stud. He was incredible all season. He is a wonderful point guard out of Arizona. There are so many players in this draft that I'm really confident on, especially as you go deeper. You know, you have guys anywhere from from Sharp all the way to EJ Liddell that you can feel confident with. And it's an impressive draft to see it go this deep. You got a guy that, whose name is pretty much Nikola Jokic going to the Miami Heat of all places. So you got the Mobley brothers teaming up back in Cleveland. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by this draft. It was a quite an entertaining one and very unique with all these trades that we saw happen. Yeah, um, David, I wanted to ask you about Diabate, the guy the Clippers drafted in the second round, the versatile defender from Virginia. A lot of people were surprised, um, but, you know, you following the Clippers and Hartenstein still, you know, he's probably going to come back, but you just don't know with Hartenstein and Zubach's inconsistencies. Do you like this selection as a versatile guy, 6'10", can block shots, and can play the small ball five at the NBA level? I do. I really do. You know, you get what you get with the second round pick, right? Uh, you get what you pay for. You got him with the 43rd pick. You know, sometimes that works out. And sometimes you just kind of get a guy that goes nowhere. You know, sometimes you find a Brandon Boston Jr. Or you find a Terrence Mann. But sometimes you find a Mifiandu Cabangele. Or you find a, a Diamond Stone. I like him a lot. I think that, that Diabate is a solid player. The Clippers had their eyes on him for a while. And what that tells me, you know, because when you get down in this draft, it's hard to really assess this talent, who's going to blossom, who's going to just fall off. When it comes to Diabate, when the Clippers say, we've had our eyes on this guy for a while, we really want this guy, it shows me that that, that talented squad, that that talented scouting department, knows what they're doing and they know what this guy can bring and you expect what you, you, what you get. He's a second round pick so you know you try to ease him in but look what Brandon Boston Jr. has been able to do. Look what how, what role Terrence Mann has been able to carve for himself. And the guys that don't work out you trade him away. It doesn't work whatever you move on. I like him a lot. I think that he's you know he's got that versatility. You always want big. You know you never know what can happen. And I think that easing him in, maybe the G League, as he kind of creates a role for himself, I think he does have a role in the team. But right now with the Clippers, there's so many guys that need minutes and deserve minutes. It's like you either expect a trade to come or a mere coffee never to play. So eventually we'll see him, but hopefully it's not because of injury. But right now the Clippers situation is really 
so many cooks, you know, how do you how do you get a second round pick into the rotate? The one thing I'll say about uh, Moussa Diabate is he's he's kind of got that dog in him. He was one of the the main guys. He actually got suspended a game for his role in that Wisconsin Michigan <laughs> brawl um, in March. Yeah. So you know he. Uh, He'll get after a little bit. Um, I had one more question for you, David. In terms of the Angels, is there anything that they can do to salvage this season, or is this this drought kind of put a you know ended any shot they had at, at making a playoff run? I mean, it it feels tough right now, but you got to remember they're only about six seven games out of a wild card spot. I mean, baseball is one hundred and sixty two games. That's that's not a lot. I mean, they were. The Astros were were that many games back of them at one point. It's not a lot of games, you know. You one winning streak and you're and you're back in the in the playoffs. One winning streak, you're right there. You know the season's not over. If the season was over in five games, then the season's over. But it's just got it's one. It's a mentality change. It's the ability to close out the games that you should win because right now they are losing games that they could win. They're not getting blown out. It's, it's not that they're just getting beaten. It's that they'll have a late lead or they'll blow it. Or a one-run lead will feel like, ah, game over. Right? Luckily, Luis Franjipo yesterday was able to hit the most insane home run I think I've ever seen him hit from a ball that was way out of the zone. But, you know, it, it, you've got to be able to have confidence in the fact that a one-run deficit is not ball game. And that especially two on three run that you can always come back in some games they do. But I mean, take that game, for example, against the Royals, right? The second game of the series, Shohei, unbelievable. Eight RBI performance, fantastic. What happens? The pitching can't hold him down. You let Bobby Wood go nuts. Everybody is getting hit. Bottom 10, no outs, guy on second. What do you do? Out, out, out. I mean, punch him over, maybe something, anything, you know. The issue is they're not capitalizing on those moments. That's the second time in the last couple weeks that they've had the win right there and they've done nothing with it. If you can't win these one-run games, if you can't win these games you should, then you're going to lose. And the way you do that is, you know, obviously you're going to lose, but then you're going to not make the postseason. What there is is maybe you go out for a trade, you know, look for some more relievers. I think they really need a power-hitting infielder, which is kind of an oxymoron sometimes in baseball, but they really need a guy that can come and play third base, second base, uh, shortstop even, that has a strong bat because we love Velasquez. We love his defense. You know, Renquifo, credits to him, he's been hitting a lot better. You know, McKinnon coming in. We like Wade. I don't know who likes Duffy that much, but they don't hit the ball as well as they need to. And with Redone out for the season, which we kind of all expected not to not to put that on, but it just it's happened so much. You really gotta find another guy that can re- not replace his bat, but be what that was trying to be to hit four or five in the lineup and get that pitching up, right? You know, figure out a solid five, six man rotation. Get the bullpen right because you're going to have a lot of one-run games, especially if you're able to make a deep run into the season, into the postseason, which you know we all can hope and pray for. But you have those losable, winnable games, 50-50 games that if you're not winning, if you don't have the mindset to win, which the Angels 
got rid of all of a sudden, which they were winning these games earlier in the year and then all of a sudden gone, then, I mean, they won their first one-run game in, like, two months. If you're not winning the winnable games, then you're not going to make the postseason, and that's been the story for the Angels since 2014. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, it, it's still, I, I cannot believe that this team has not won a postseason game since 2009, has not been to the postseason since 2014. They got two of the top five players in the game. David, you're the best. Uh, let's uh, catch up again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.